0: Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one
1: minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell.
2: I'm Cassandra Fredrickson and with us today we have Nick Jimenez from Back to the Future Minute and the Doctor's Companion.
1: Hello, thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, we're excited.
0: And today we're going to be talking about Minute 31, which starts with the ring laying in the entryway of Bag End and ends with... Gandalf looking pensive and Frodo saying, "I didn't think he'd really do it." Talking about Bilbo leaving. Yeah. All right. So, this minute is mostly just Gandalf finally smoking. becoming suspicious of the ring. <laughs> um,
2: Gandalf smoking a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The sound of that leaf burning doesn't really sound like tobacco.
2: Um, I think it's supposed to be the fire. Yeah. Because there's also like a fireplace.
1: Yeah. Maybe maybe yeah. Cause that's because that i mean that's what he's that's what he's staring into right is the fireplace
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. so um philip boyens mentions that one of the big
0: things for this little the scene yeah. that they were trying to convey was that gandalf had never really been suspicious of the ring until now he always thought it was kind of a weird trinket and that maybe there was something more to it but that he never imagined it was anything like malicious
2: like a ring of power
0: like a ring of power
1: okay that's interesting because um and i'm gonna try and bring this up as little as possible but in the in in the hobbit uh (laughs) the the battle of the five armies it's i mean or even throughout the whole trilogy gandalf seems and maybe this is retconning because of what the audience knows but gandalf seems really suspicious of the ring throughout the hobbit trilogy yeah, he really does. But
2: is he even supposed to know about I don't remember if in the book Bilbo's like, "Hey, check it out. Look what I found." Again, I was like, "Oh, that's weird." Well, in
1: in the book, Gandalf's just like, "Well, that's a weird thing that you have." But but you have to <laughs> but you have to remember at the time of the Hobbit's publication, J.R.R. Tolkien didn't really know what Bilbo's ring was.
2: That's true. Right?
1: He hadn't he
0: he hadn't fully flushed out what Lord of the Rings would become. He had just written a lot of notes about stuff before the Hobbit, and then he wrote the Hobbit. I
1: mean, that's why. Uh, I mean, that's why they're called goblins the whole book instead of orcs and trolls right. can talk and are funny.
0: <laughs> instead of the well, those are a different kind of troll. Yeah,
2: they're a different species. right? Oh, uh,
0: okay. yeah. Okay. There are cave trolls, and then there, and there are mountain, mountain trolls. trolls, and I guess mountain trolls are smarter and have a sense of humor.
2: That's legit.
1: Can you imagine if there was just a kind? Well, so with the difference between. Cave trolls and mountain trolls be the difference between, like, a human being and a gorilla? I guess. Oh, that's all the, hu- cave,
2: the cave troll's like a gorilla.
1: Because that's, <laughs> that's a so huge... I mean, the capability of speech is right. a huge leap in, in intellect, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, also, the, the cave troll we see is essentially just like a slave that's never really been allowed to grow properly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Peter Jackson always said that he... He imagined that somewhere in the mines of Moria, that cave troll had like a mom that was like had supper out and was like waiting for the son to come home.
0: And that he always feels sad whenever he watches that scene in the movie. He always feels bad for that
1: troll. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how many times I've seen this movie is I know the sound effect that that, the cave troll makes. Good. That's
0: perfect. This is also the first time we see the fiery eye of Sauron.
2: Do we? We don't see it in the prologue, right? Okay.
0: This yeah. is the first time we see it. That that first jump scare. That was
1: a huge jump scare moment. The first time that I saw this movie in theaters, for like the whole audience. This is the one I didn't see in theaters. Interesting. It's- yeah, I, I saw this. I uh, saw this three times in the theaters.
2: I didn't see any of them in theaters. It makes oh. me sad.
0: I saw Return. I only saw Two Towers. I think I saw it twice. I may have only seen it once, but I think I saw it twice. And I saw Return of the King three times.
1: Yeah. I saw them each in descending order. I saw the first one three times. I saw two towers twice, and I only saw Return of the King once. Not for any quality reasons, just that that's how it worked out. (laughs)
0: Yeah. There's a a lot going on in the scene for not really a lot going on in this scene.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much. uh, I mean, a lot of that is just the power that Ian McKellen brings to, you know, any moment that he's on screen, you know, but... You know, I, I think you, you, know, you're, you know you're a good actor when you can make thinking look interesting. Right.
0: I, part of it is just, like, his facial expressions, the way he blows smoke. He's mm. kind of mumbling to himself.
2: Every time I see um, Gandalf smoking now, I'm just thinking about him eating toffee instead because he's trying to quit. And then this is what does him in. He's just, right. like, lighting up pipe after pipe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, I knew this was
1: bad. Yeah. Damn it. Oh god. Just, I really I I'm kind of I'm I'm in love with Gandalf smoking. Um I mean, characters smoking. Uh I, I I just got done watching all of Penny Dreadful and um there's some great great scenes of uh of Eva Green just by herself smoking a blunt and just like thinking about Satan. And <laughs> um <laughs> And so, yeah, and so, like, I I kind of, um, I get, I get, I get Smoker's Envy whenever I see characters, like, enjoying a pipe or enjoying, like, any, you know what I mean? Like, it, I, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, I think it's the same thing that, I think when characters in movies are eating food, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, man, that looks really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it anytime, just said, like they're having a great time. Yeah. Any, anytime Gandalf, even in The Hobbit, anytime you see Gandalf, like, loading a pipe or just, like, on a hill smoking, I'm always like, God, it just seems like the most... Refreshing thing to do in the world right now, (laughs)
2: because there's like a certain like theatricality and like glamorousness to smoking. Yeah, and like because if you see someone smoking in in real life, it's like oh that's that's awful. But like always, they always make it look good. Oh yeah, same like same with eating. Like watching someone eat is not the greatest (laughs) thing in the world.
0: It's It's not a beautiful thing. No,
2: no. But everyone is. But Robert
0: Downey Jr. eating those blueberries. Oh
2: God, yeah, it's like the sexiest thing I've ever seen.
1: Or Robert (laughs) Downey Jr. Able to make Burger King seem delicious. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Or just like, you know, hanging out on top of that big donut, eating a donut, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: It's like the most meta scene in that movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, but just like Ian McKellen and just the smoke is like, it's just so lovingly shot. Mm. And like, even though he's not even making it into like crazy CGI boats or anything, but he's just, yeah, able to make it seem so like billowy and he almost looks like a dragon
2: almost it's like luscious smoke (laughs) luscious there
1: was uh one of my there's a scene in battle of the five armies uh where which i only saw once and that was enough where um me too too. yeah where like all the dwarves are dead and like like bilbo like spoilers yeah spoilers well they don't all die but the dwarves that die have died and um I guess they're all dead by the time this starts um, But so <laughs> So uh, Yeah so Bilbo's like sitting on a log And he's like oh my god I've seen so much death Today and Gandalf Like sits next to him And all I wanted him to do Is just I i, I can't remember if he does or not but I think he loads a pipe
2: And he's just Like
1: oh man
2: <laughs> Someday huh Yeah dwarves
1: <laughs> right <laughs> You want some of this good stuff?
2: Yeah.
1: Dude, you need this more than me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that?
0: A, that very breathy, a... very breathy Gandalf. Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> this was a mistake. <laughs> can't even know like... why I did this.
2: <laughs> I like that in this minute we also get uh, the creepy um, Ian Holm. As Gollum lines yeah. again, yeah, yeah, fire, because yeah. it's like, oh, this is what he's thinking about. But it's it's it could be cheesy, but it's not. Right.
0: Really. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, they mentioned that they, they mentioned in the the director commentary here too that Peter really wanted the ring to have a voice. So what wound up happening is that they just like recorded whispers in Elvish or dark speech mm-hmm. uh, man, to just kind of like play idea. really quietly behind stuff. Yeah, it's almost yeah, it, you almost like, wouldn't or, notice it,
1: mm-hmm. but it's there. Well. Or like the very subtle, how like sometimes you you'll hear like 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 Mordor speech in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man of the ring having a voice, which has been so silly.
0: Like having a real voice would yeah. have been really weird. <laughs> like, it's like this is your conscience. But they just kind of make it part of the music,
2: right? The, yeah.
0: These these ethereal whispers. I
2: think the loudest it gets is that scene in uh, the Council of Elrond where everyone's like shouting, and then it's like. <laughs> Like,
0: yeah, because yeah. Yeah, the whole point of that is that it's, like, trying to drown out right, right. all of this and just, like, focus on Frodo. It's like, hey, hey, you. You. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Come here.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would have been terrible if it was just, like, constantly. Like, you know, okay, you know what on. you should do? Come on. <laughs> Put it up, right. like,
2: <laughs> I just keep thinking of, like, the voice they use for, like, Mr. Hanky the Christmas Poo in South Park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, like, the <laughs> oh, ring. <dear. laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I'm
0: just, you know, my mind is just Peter Griffin. Come on. Oh, no, over and over, so over again. <laughs> just trying to take advantage of someone's poor impulse control.
1: Oh, hello, Frodo. Put me on. Come on. <laughs> Put me on your finger. I can make it sound invisible.
0: Just like that. Just exactly like that.
2: There's, like, a ring with devil horns and a ring with angel wings, and he's just looking at his shoulders like, oh, shit, I don't know (laughs) what to do.
1: I love how subtly Ian McKellen acknowledges uh, Frodo entering the house.
0: He just kind of looks to one side, but it's not even the side Frodo's on. No. Yeah.
2: He's like, oh, the door's opening, but I'm thinking in billowing smoke.
1: Because, like, it's so interesting, like, how, does Gandalf even really... Know Frodo that well at this point in their relationship? Like, it's been like what, like ten years since like they would seen each other.
2: Um, I, I think, think it's
0: something like that. It's been a long time since Gandalf has been yeah. around.
2: I think Gandalf has mostly interacted with like baby Frodo, like
0: mm-hmm.
2: toddler Frodo, and I, I guess in Hobbit terms, so yeah. child Frodo, child Frodo, because he comes of age because he's thirty three, right? Not fifty, and not fifty. I'm never gonna let that go.
1: Yeah, me either. <laughs> Oh, that he's like supposed to be 50 in the books or something? No,
2: he we we were confusing timelines because and we'll talk about it later this week. But like 17 years pass between the birthday party and when Gandalf comes back with like exposition.
1: Oh, I know. And I hated it when I read the book. Um,
2: yeah. And it's only like it's such
1: a long time.
2: It's only like two pages in the book, too. Um, So we missed it. And so we're like, oh, yeah, Frodo's supposed to be 50. And everyone's like, actually, he's 33. And I'm like, oh, crap. So,
0: but we recorded too much to
1: like yeah we correct recorded it right like, away
2: three weeks and I was like oh man this oh, hurts you're fine
1: <laughs> um but yeah like I always that was my problem with getting into fellowship of the ring the book because i, I mean I, I I don't know I, I hate to take away material if you ask host this at the at the end but or cast at the end oh, whatever. but I, I I read the Hobbit first before anything.
0: Right. Most people probably have yeah, read yeah. The Hobbit and, first.
1: And then there was a Lord of the Rings movie coming out. And then I was like, what's Lord of the Rings? And they were like, oh, it's a sequel to The Hobbit. I was like, there's a sequel to The Hobbit? And it blew my mind. And then I saw this movie, loved it. And then I, I tried reading Fellowship of the Ring afterwards. And I just couldn't, you know, maybe I was too young, but I just couldn't. It almost seemed like Tolkien was challenging himself to make the story be as unexciting as possible. <laughs> And then 17 years passed. Yeah. 17, huh? That's a long time. A long time for nothing to happen. And the most important thing that ever happened. How old were
2: you when this movie came out?
1: I was in the fourth grade.
2: Oh, my God. Tiny baby Nick. 2001. Yeah, Yeah.
1: 2001.
2: Yeah.
1: I was in seventh
2: grade. You were in eighth grade. Eighth grade. Because I was in seventh grade. Right,
0: because I was here ahead of you in school. Yeah. Yeah. I was in eighth grade.
2: Because I tried to read these. I read The Hobbit first and loved it. And then you try to read Fellowship of the Ring and it just kicks you in the butt.
1: See, I didn't have that experience. It's
2: so dry.
1: Well, oh, yeah, because I, I guess you for you think that it's going to be a children's book like The Hobbit was. Yeah. And it's just not. Yeah. It's it's like historical fiction almost. It's, it's like you're yeah. trying like to read Dave McCullough when you're in like the fourth grade. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like going from like roll Dahl to like I don't even know
1: like like Patrick Rothfuss or something yeah <laughs> yeah Oh man like there are songs in the Hobbit like there were there were musical numbers in the book and I know there's like like the they know Frodo has that weird song at the Prancing Pony but um mm-hmm. which they try to put in the animated movie and it's amazing have you guys ever seen like the like the Rankin Bass Lord of the Rings cartoon
2: um i have oh, yes. seen i haven't seen the the lord of the rings ones but i've seen the hobbit one way too many times and it's
1: the greatest, greatest adventure <laughs> we, yeah it's just the most 70s stuff ever
2: because well
0: there's like there's the the rank bass lord of the rings and then there's also the ralph bakshi ones mm. yes i'm a friend of the ralph bakshi one i'm sorry like there's there's the like goofy animated one and then there's like the rotoscope one <laughs>
2: That's more like the Hobbit one, right?
1: Okay. Yeah, because like Rankin-Bass, it was so weird. Like, they had the Hobbit, and then Ralph Bashke did just Fellowship and Two Towers as one movie. Yeah. And then Rankin-Bass did just Return of the King.
2: Yeah. That's so bizarre. It is.
1: That's where Where There's a Whip, There's a Way comes from. Yes. It's kind
0: of jarring to just like to sit down and watch those three in a row. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, this is kind of like Happy Kids animation what is this?
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: But oh, hey, is,
0: look,
1: happy kids animation. Yeah. <laughs> like the middle section is literally like a heavy metal cartoon.
2: That yeah. sounds amazing.
1: It's I loved it when I was a kid before because there was that period where Fellowship wasn't on D V D yet and I couldn't see it in theaters anymore. Right. And so I just would watch the animated version and it's it's weird. Like they they look like Sam is like this ugly Quasimodo looking dude. <laughs> yeah.
0: I haven't seen those in a while. I haven't seen any of them in a while.
1: Um, a- Aragorn looks like a Native American, like, like wood carving statue outside of a tobacco shop.
2: What? Oh, my God.
1: Boromir's, a, like, literally a Viking.
2: Okay, we need to watch this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's on YouTube.
2: I think we're going to – we should do that for, like, the weekend edition. Just, like, watch the cartoons, <laughs> oh, like totally. Saturday yes. morning cartoons. Yeah,
0: totally. We should. <laughs> we should definitely do that.
1: The Hobbits that are really – like even more so than the movie, the hobbits are really grabby and affectionate towards each other.
0: <laughs> well, um, some of the some of the look for stuff in these movies comes out of those animated movies,
2: right? Oh yeah, and
0: some of the shots are ran
2: right out of those movies.
1: Yeah, because you have to believe that young Peter Jackson like devoured that like growing up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. So let's see.
0: We've you got. I do have. I do have another little note here. Uh, Barry Osborne talks about how there is nothing, like not a single prop in this movie that basically that they bought, that they went out and went, oh, hey, that's the perfect prop. Yeah,
2: because everything, everything was made to order. O's. Yeah.
0: Which is why the the, ca- the the crew wound up being over 2,000 people. Mm.
2: Barry Osborne's one of the producers, correct? Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. Too many names. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very many names. A
2: lot of names. you here. here
1: and there's a really beautiful wide shot of Gandalf with his back to the camera and you get to see Bilbo study and just the level of detail is just so lush and beautiful. And like every, like every, every scrap of paper and every book has like a story to it. I think that's why so many people have made that emotional sojourn to Hobbiton, you know, is that it really does feel like a real place when you watch these movies.
0: Well, yeah, because when you look at the the back end set, there's like hundreds of little baubles in this house. Right. It's full of knickknacks and books and paintings and everything. Statues. It doesn't
2: look new. It feels lived in. Yeah. And comfortable.
0: Yeah. Then the the design team talks about that, how they They age everything everything. and not just like, oh, this has to look like 20 years old. Like, no, this needs to look like 200 years years old old. or a thousand years old.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why the. I remember watching the production videos of The Hobbit, you know, that he would the Peter Jackson would post on Facebook in like 2011, 2012 and getting emotional when they would be wandering around the Hobbiton set or the Bag end set. And I would like, legit almost be on the verge of tears because you you really it does feel like a place that you went to when you were a kid.
0: Yeah, it is uh, the most amazing thing to me when it comes to those Hobbit movies. This is something that's very much to their credit, sure. uh, as opposed to most things we mentioned <laughs> on here when we mentioned the Hobbit movies, <laughs> is how amazing it is that they were able to recreate Hobbiton and Bag End to be so close to how they appear in this movie.
2: Mm.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I started crying minutes into the first Hobbit just because – it was so per- – I mean, like, you know – the It's the like sc-
0: coming home. Yeah, yeah. The
1: score was the same and everything looked the same. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I think that's some of the – I think the first Hobbit is – it's difficult. It's difficult to say which one of those is my favorite because I, I think parts of the second one are really good. I think – I love Smaug and I love the barrels out of Bond sequence.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. <laughs> But the barrels out of bounds
0: sequence makes me laugh in not a great way.
1: Oh, um, I mean, like that. It, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's it
0: it's It's mostly bomber. That's that's what oh, makes me cool laugh. That, that,
1: that weird mini level where where bomber like just takes out 30 works. <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> just like he's just like rolling around with his arms outside the barrel.
1: Why? What a weird choice to make bomber mute for the whole trilogy. I know. Does he not speak? Does he, no, he doesn't speak he doesn't. at all in the movies. He and he, he talked doesn't. in the books. He was capable yes. of speech. He would, <laughs> he would talk to be like, Too, too fat weird. to talk, Nick. Too I'm fat too to talk. <laughs> Have you
2: I think guys, that, oh, no, go mm, on. Oh, I think the first Hobbit movie is the one that I enjoy the Sorry. most because the other. The second one was enjoyable up to the end, and then I just got really, really upset. And then the third one is just. A two-hour-long ridiculous action sequence that I couldn't take seriously at all. So,
0: yeah, I felt like I was watching a video game playthrough most of
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like you were watching like a YouTube video of
2: yeah, all like the a ma- let's play yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Let's play Skyrim: Lord of the Rings Edition. Like <laughs>
2: this is the Lord of the Rings mod for Skyrim. <laughs> yeah,
1: basically, it's what I felt like most of the movie. I remember walking out of Battle of Five Armies just bummed to shit. It was like- <laughs> And uh, me the, too. Bro. And and the and the friend that I saw it with Jacob, one of my oldest friends to this day, uh, we were driving home and he was like, "Wow, everyone had such cool mounts in that movie."
2: <laughs> and
1: I was like, "Yep, that's it's that's what it, it was."
0: Yeah, swag stag.
1: That's
0: <laughs> all I think of when I think of Battle of Five Armies is. That, that the, the ridiculous elk the, the ridiculous elk picking up eight orcs and its antlers and Therenduil beheading all of them in one motion oh
2: my god I forgot that was a thing that happened
0: and uh, Billy Connolly as a dwarf I remember that yes. oh
2: yeah yes.
0: Billy Connolly as a dwarf is one of the redeeming things of that movie very few redeeming things
1: and isn't his mouth like a pig he's yeah, yeah it's like he's a like a giant
0: like a, boar a yeah. battle boar which I am. I can definitely get behind dwarves riding giant boars in the battle
2: yeah I mean they dig they like the dirt
0: yeah. <laughs> I totally get behind that.
2: They like the dirt.
0: Or giant badgers. That'd be cool. Dirty
2: mm-hmm. hobbits. Or not hobbits. Dwarves, I guess. Dirty dwarveses.
0: <laughs> Dirty dwarves. Dirty dwarves. Dirty dwarves. <laughs> Filthy little dwarveses.
2: Oh, we didn't talk about like my favorite shot in this whole minute. What's your favorite shot movie? in this whole minute? The Slash one... movie. Slash movie. The one where it's looking from the ring's point of view and Gandalf's face. It, it's almost like a fisheye lens. And yeah, Gandalf's just like, yeah. what? And he leans in really close. I love that just shot. Just before he touches it. Yeah, I love that shot so much. <laughs> I'm
1: a big fan of using the camera and editing to personify the ring. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: And I, it's really hard to imagine this movie without treating the ring like a POV character. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I, just, I don't know how else you would communicate. The, like the power of the ring.
1: Yeah, because you know it's I mean? such a it's such an influence on the characters, you know?
2: Mm.
0: So and the way that you are kind of put in the ring's point of view so often kind of displays influence of the ring over you as a viewer, which is kind of meta, but yeah. like, that's kind of what it's doing.
2: Right. And it brings you into the narrative. More. Yeah, it
0: helps. It helps immersion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And especially going into Two Towers and Return of the King, it it kind of helps make the threat of the ring more real as opposed to if it was just a MacGuffin. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Which it gets accused of very much, uh, like very, very often. But the ring is never really a MacGuffin, even no, in the books.
2: Because they build it up from the beginning.
0: Yeah. It's a, certainly like a MacGuffin in The Hobbit. It's just kind of there. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of
1: what it was in the book. Right. Like, and yeah. they found a magic ring.
2: Isn't that neat? Because it's weird monster. Let's go isn't deal with weird? dwarf politics. Yeah. <laughs> he probably
1: would have died if it hadn't been for that magic ring. Uh, G willikers. <laughs> isn't isn't that weird fish man sad that he doesn't have his magic ring anymore? <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I hope this never comes back to bite us.
1: <laughs> I remember reading, I, oh God. I remember seeing Lord of the Watching Lord of the Rings, the movie, as a sequel to The Hobbit in your mind was the weirdest experience. Because there's so many, and I think we're past almost all of them, but there's so many cool little references to the Hobbit that was I was geeking out. Like, um, I think in this scene, he's like, Rudolph's in the dark, which is a chapter in the Hobbit. Yeah. Uh, he's like, an unexpected party, which is like the first chapter in the Hobbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I, m- I remember that part where he was just like, if you're referring to the incident with the dragon, I was barely involved. And I was like, shaking next to my dad. Because I was like, they're talking oh, about smog. Aw. Well, there, there's there's at least one more
0: direct reference to The Hobbit a little later in this movie, in still in the, right, right, the right. beginning part though, with the with the trolls.
2: Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
0: Because they like wake up and they're like, "Oh, trolls."
2: <laughs> that's true. Yeah, because we talked about that last week.
0: Yeah, the stone trolls.
2: The the stone trolls. Um, yeah, I, I think, think
0: that's. Uh, I think we're good for for this minute for the most part here.
2: Yeah, I'm good if you
1: guys are good. Yeah. All right.
2: I
0: think we can we can move on to the next minute. So you can find us at duelinggenre.com. Email us at contact at lordoftheringsminute.com. We're on Twitter at L-O-T-R minute. Tumblr, L-O-T-R You can find us on Facebook, iTunes, where you should leave us a five-star review. Please and thank you. You can find Cassandra and Nick on The Doctor's Companion. With Scott. With Scott. Yes. And you can find Scott and Nick on Back to the Future Minute. And the three of them are uh, writers for and producers for Geek by Night. Yeah. Which is awesome. And uh, by the time you're here, when you're listening to this, they've been nominated for some awards for Audioverse. Yeah. So yeah. you should go vote for Geek by Night. Thank you. Because it is legitimately awesome.
2: Aww. Thank
1: you. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really proud of the, the actors, especially, and, yeah. and everyone, really.
0: And uh, we're also on Patreon at duelinggenre.com slash support. We also have a one-time donation button, and we are still working on merchandise for Lord of the Rings Minute. We'll get there, I promise. But there's merchandise for our other podcasts. And as always, special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. We'll
2: see you guys tomorrow.
0: Bye! Bye.